Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Miss Allie Danae Walker. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, (laughs) y'all. We are super excited to have you. Allie is one of our very own. Hashtag Team TCC, yeah. uh, representing. She's been with us for a while. She does so much for us, and we love her dearly. And her hair is beautiful, and her accent is fantastic. And she's an amazing human being. But outside of just talking about how amazing Allie's hair is, uh, today we're going to talk about how kind of the process of what you've gone through from having us as one of your very first clients to shifting to more of an agency model and what that looks like for you and how you're able to scale a business while helping other business owners scale and grow and do all of those hard things. So why don't you first tell everyone like what it is exactly that you do? Okay, so I started out doing social media scheduling and blog management for a couple of clients, just realizing as I wanted to grow a business that people needed help just doing all the pieces of their own business. And it was really easy for me. I love technology. So figuring out Hootsuite and Later and Squarespace just came really easy for me. And I was like, oh, people would pay me to do this for them? Okay, I'll do that. So I just kind of started out doing virtual assistant work and got connected with y'all to help with the blog and the podcast formatting and scheduling and all of that. So just started off small with a few clients doing a few different things, wanting to do everything for them, but realizing I needed to like narrow down and figure, you know, get really good at a few things and, and market that and then add on as I got more and more knowledgeable on different topics and different things like blogging and SEO and social media and things like that. Yeah. Well, well, before we dive into like how you grew the business, I yeah. want to kind of back up to how you got your first few initial clients, because I don't think most people realize we hired you because you emailed us. Um, and if you can kind of talk about like how you cold reached out to people and how that was able to really help you get started. 
So I started, it was actually all in process a year before I launched my business. I was actually trying to start another business. And so doing a whole bunch of research on online businesses and how to grow them and how they work. And that's when I came across that people needed help doing what I was learning. And I was like, oh, I'll just do this on the side while I'm trying to build up this other business that has nothing to do with what I do now. And literally a year to the day, I made the decision to switch gears and focus on this business. And it was the day before my birthday. So I don't know if it's like a birthday crisis every year. Like, (laughs) what am I doing with my life? Let me do something new. But I kind of attribute it to that birthday crisis. Um, And so I just put out in some Facebook groups, like, hey, I'm doing virtual assistant for this price for this many hours, the first four people that need help reach out and let me know. And that's how I got the first couple of clients was just being active in Facebook groups. And then, like you said, seeing people's names or I think I took what I think I took Trello for business first from y'all and learned about you that way. Because I remember when y'all were separate and then someone else that uses me had connected with y'all and brought my name up. And then I purchased the course and was involved in that group and in your group. And so I think then, you know, just being active and engaging and interactive helps when you reach out cold calls to people Mm -hmm. or cold emails. If you've already done the back end work of being involved in their Facebook group or commenting on posts, there have been so many people that I'll email, but first I'll go to their social media or go to Mm -hmm. their post in a Facebook group or just straight up email and be like, hey, I saw you were looking for this or you mentioned this, here's a tip and just give them free recommendation and then build up that relationship through there. Well, it definitely made our job easier because I think we were, when we brought you on, we were in that position of like, we knew we needed help, but we didn't exactly know like all of the ways in which we could even use a VA at that point. And I think that that's still one of the like major mysteries of the online world of like, what can I use you for and what can I not use you for? And so talk to me about how you kind of started defining that for yourself and made it easier for clients to understand what they could use you for. Okay. I think when I first started out and everyone probably does this when they see someone mentioned in a group, I need a virtual assistant. Oh, I can do that which you might be able to, but can you do it well? If you have a client who you're doing social media scheduling for and that's all you're doing, and then you have another client who you're blogging for and answering their emails, and then another client you're doing something completely random, you spread yourself too thin and you don't become an expert at anything. And so I realized, I think I had like 12 or 15 clients at one point, and that's when I decided to leave my day job. And I'd only been doing it for six months. And it was so stressful. Trying to remember what I did for each and every client um, was just really hard. Obviously, putting them in Trello and color coding, I'm huge. Everything must be color coded in my life. (laughs) But it was just super stressful. And I realized, like, yes, all my clients were super great, but they weren't all who I wanted to work with because I didn't like working for a chiropractor or I didn't like working for a product-based business because it's so different than a service-based business. And so figuring out, yes, it's okay to say yes to a bunch of different people at the beginning to figure out who you like working with and what tasks you like doing, but eventually being able to say, no, actually, I don't offer that is just, I don't know, it's a lot of freedom that's released when you can say, 
no, I don't think I would be a good fit for your business because it wouldn't bring me joy to work for you. And I had to let a client go and give them money back because we both agreed, like, we just weren't a good fit. And it, we did, mm-hmm. we loved each other. We enjoyed chatting and working together. But business-wise, it just wasn't a good fit. And I think being able to recognize that is huge when you're first starting out. Oh, and yes. they were my biggest client at that point. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. So refunding half month's work was ouch was hard not fun at all so talk to me a little bit about some of the changes you made because you really scaled up quickly and I feel like you went from you know I'm kind of just a girl on the internet doing things for other people Mm -hmm. to I'm running an actual business I'm turning this into an agency I'm actually gonna hire people below me and work more as a project manager. And, you know, I've seen you blossom a lot over the last couple of years. And so talk to me about transitioning from not just being a virtual assistant, but having other people working for you. So while I started my business, I was working on a real estate firm, and a lot of teams were built there. Agents had people under them. So I saw a lot of how you can delegate within a business to fit people's specific characteristics or their personality types or what they love doing. And I knew the only way to grow if I really wanted this to be a business, especially once I left my job, I was like, how can I make more money? That's, I mean, ultimately, that's what we're all here for, right, is to make more money. So I was like, I could either continue to work 40 hours a day from sunup till sundown, or I can start handing stuff off to someone else and bringing new clients in. And so I interviewed a couple of different people to see where they were at in their business. And I decided I didn't want to bring on another person who was growing a virtual assistant business because would we be competing? Would they have different rates? Would they want more than what I could offer them financially? And so I had a friend who had kind of done the same thing to me. She was like, how are you getting started? And I'd known her for years and she had been following along. She would read my blog. She would reach out on social media. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if she would be interested in taking over one part of my business, which is Pinterest. Anyone who hires me for their Pinterest, I create the strategy and then she implements it. And, you know, it's not a lot a month. Pinterest is so easy. I'm not, I need to be better about it myself, but <laughs> it's, one of the easiest things I could take off because I had at the time like four people who wanted me to do Pinterest, which is great, but I didn't have either the time or it just wasn't worth it for me to keep doing that on top of bringing on other people whose time it took longer. So I reached out and I was like, Hey, could you want, do you want to do this? Would you be interested? It's really simple. And then as I grow, I'll be able to give you more stuff. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So we started in November of last year, which I left my job at the end of August. And in November, I hired her, which was perfect timing because we had a family emergency in December. And I was able to hand her over another task for a client very quickly so she could keep that piece of the puzzle moving forward as I stepped away for a month from from business, which was crazy to think about doing that within the first year of, of working for myself. But it was just one of those things I listed out, okay, what could I hand over? What's easily teachable to someone else? Even if I can do it while I'm watching TV, but do I want to? No. Right. 
So I just made a list of all those things, and I was like, okay, what's the easiest to hand over? Pinterest, so let's start there. What's the next thing that's easy to hand over? That doesn't take up too much time for her or for me, but it's just something that needs to be done. So I handed that over. And that's how I would suggest everyone, if you're looking for a virtual assistant or you're thinking about being one, that's my number one thing to do. List it all out and start handing over piece by piece by piece. And that's the same thing y'all did with me and my other client who I've been with for a year and a half. She's my very first client, still work with her. But what I do for her today is pretty much full brand management, whereas what I was doing a year ago was just Mm -hmm. copying and pasting her blogs and formatting blogs for her. Mm -hmm. And now I do, my assistant and I do pretty much everything for, with her business. That's awesome. Well, and I love that you look like, especially when you're bringing someone on that your eyes are still on the strategy concept, but you as the owner don't need to be clicking repin and moving boards around and like actually doing the work. And so I think it's, it's interesting of how the trickle down effect of like the business owner who needs a VA and then the VA who needs a VA exactly. um, to then grow your business. <laughs> and I think people were shocked when I was like, I'm hiring someone or I announced her on on Instagram, I was like, this is Nicole. She's been working with me actually now for a couple months. And people are like, wait, how did you already hire an assistant? And she's not a full-time assistant. It's a couple hours per client a month. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think people just naturally assume like when you bring on an assistant, you have to give them 40 hours of work of a week. And they may not want that. If they only mm-hmm. want 10 hours of work or four hours of work a month, then find four hours of work for them to do that. gives you time for 10 more hours in your work week. Yeah, I think we were so confused as to like how to delegate and what to delegate and how much time things would take. And it, I mean, it was a learning process Mm -hmm. for us, especially in the early days of hiring people, because back then it was way more messy, way less structured. (laughs) And we had to create the systems, you know, that was part of it. And so it's been, it's been fun watching you like take the systems we suggest or um, even tweaking what we already have going to make it better and work better for uh, your clients. So I do want to talk a little bit about how, yes, you're a virtual assistant, but I think more than anything else, you're a business owner and like how you've been able to keep that business hat on and put that as a focus despite being behind the scenes in other people's businesses. I think that comes from my upbringing and being taught that do it right the first time and you won't have to do it again and to really take ownership of anything that you put your name on. In the town I grew up in, my dad's last name his dad started a company, then the two brothers or sons worked in it. My mom's dad had a company with their last name on it. And so whenever we went out, we represented our name. And I named my business the Social Walker Agency after my grandpa's business, the Walker Agency, and put social in front of that. And so for me, representing my name well is something that's always been important to me. And when it comes to being a business owner and taking my business seriously, if I'm asking y'all who have a successful business to trust me and to welcome me into your business, then don't I need to take my business seriously to show you that I'm going to support you seriously? And going into it with that mindset and realizing that this is also what's providing most of my income. 
I still have a part-time job, one, because I love people and I don't need to be by myself all the time. <laughs> My roommates would kill me if I didn't ever get out of the house. But so I do still have that. But when I'm working on my business, I, my clients need to be top priority, but also my business does as well because that's how I can serve my clients better. If I'm constantly learning a new skill or a new course or buying a course for my assistant to take on Pinterest or whatever, investing in my business as a business allows me to invest in my client's business even more so. And so coming into it with that respect, I think has allowed me to grow it successfully and attract people who are ready to grow their businesses the same way because they already see how dedicated I am to treating it that way. Plus so my mom told like? me my mom told me one time that she doesn't think the CEO of Google would work from his bed in his pajamas, so probably shouldn't put that out on my social media. The, the one day I did it at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Which I do I still, that. but I think it's that whole mindset sure. of this is what's my in, this is my income, and I don't want people to laugh at me. I'm a people right. pleaser, and I care about what people think, and I don't want people to be like, "What is Allie doing? Is she like? Does she work? Does she just play on Pinterest all day? Like, I yes, don't get that, you know." <laughs> so. Well, and I think it's so easy for the VA industry to go down that path of just like, I'm just doing assistant work. And like, so I can be in that assistant mentality, but I love that you like, you get the work done, you train others how to also do the work, but you're also growing your business. So talk to me about like, what does that look like on a day-to-day or weekly schedule? Are there different days that you assign for the strategy and growth of your business and your agency or specific days for clients or how does that look? It normally is is a hodgepodge of craziness and I'm a big planner but even the best laid plans can go um what's the word haywire a few <laughs> one of those words and I think it's so easy when you are trying to be the best for your clients that you want to be at their beck and call mm-hmm. especially as a virtual assistant if you haven't set clear cut business hours or email responses I used to want to respond to an email right away. Or if I saw a Facebook notification for someone needing a virtual assistant at midnight, then I would respond right then and send them an email. But I realized I can't do that. And Laura Casey wrote about it in her book, Make Make It Happen, or the first book she wrote, Making Things Happen. And she said, I would email people at 2 a.m. on, on Saturday and then wonder why I would get all these emails back at 3 a.m. on Saturday. And she's like, I don't want that kind of life. And I was like, oh, I don't either. And so I've structured my days now where the first hour I'm at work, like sitting at my desk, generally is around eight or nine, is on my business or current clients, like emailing them back if they've emailed me. Anything Mm -hmm. new occurs around 10 o'clock or I'll start working directly on client work at 10 if I don't have anything new coming in. And the goal is always to be you know, a week ahead or a month ahead or three months ahead or whatever. But obviously there's going to be things that pop in and up or onboarding a new client doesn't just take a day. It can take a week at times to get all the pieces that you need together. And so the first hour I've decided to keep sacred for my business, whether that's finishing a course I bought one month, that's all I wanted to do that month was I bought a a course a year ago and never finished it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to invest that time in my business or writing a blog post or drafting newsletters. 
if I can get that out of the way before I start on client work, then I'm not stressed the rest of the day thinking, I need to blog, I need to blog, I need to blog. I've already done that. Even if it's not going out for another week, I can spend the, you know, the good chunk of my day working for clients and being available. And then if I have, if I'm finished at four, great. If I'm finished at six, great. If I want to take um, the afternoon off and go to a Braves baseball game, then great. I'll rework my schedule around it. But setting priorities for your time and for your business is going to allow you to grow that business the way you need to. Yeah, I love that. So since you've had the opportunity to be behind the scenes of a lot of different types of businesses and even industries, really, what are some things you've seen other people do that are worth repeating? Like what tips and tricks can you offer the audience? Oh, gosh. There's probably so many in my head I'm not thinking of. Um, I would say make an easy system to track things. So for example, the strategy hour podcast, every episode has its own unique username, but when we are title, but when we create the bit.ly for it, it's so consistent. It's the same bit.ly every single time. The same goes for another one of my clients. All of her blogs are numbered a certain way. So then all of her graphics are numbered the same way. All of her bit.ly's are numbered the same way. And that makes things 10 times easy. Because we can say, hey, put episode 102 in the blog, in the newsletter. Okay, well, I know what that link is going to be. I don't have to go find it. And the same thing goes for her. She's like, hey, can we refresh blog 103? Great. I know exactly where that is. I know what you're talking about. I may not remember what the title of the blog was, but I can go find that. So that's probably the first thing I would say. We can start numbering our blog posts. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> I started numbering all of mine because it's, it's just easy for things like that. If you can put a system in place for yourself as a business owner, I do that for my own self and I'm the only one who touches it. But it's, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it takes a level of stress off me when I'm writing a newsletter. I'm like, oh, let me, I don't even remember what the URL is. But if I know mm-hmm. what blog it was, just the number, I can just put in the bit.ly and forget about what the actual URL is. And so that saves me five minutes every time I write a a newsletter. Five minutes of searching. And that in and of itself, if you're not ready to hire, putting systems in place is going to save you so much time in general, much less than hiring out. And then I would say if you're getting ready to hire out, what clients have done in the past is they do have a list of things they want done. They come to me and say, hey, Allie, these are a bunch of things I want to you know, a virtual assistant or a brand manager and coach to help me with based on your pricing, what could we get done in the next six months and what can we get done in the next year? So no, it's not a full plan of what they're launching every single month, but it's types of things they want to accomplish in their business. And then we can break it down financially and say like, based on what you're willing to spend, this is how I can help you best. And if you don't have a marketing plan or a business plan or where you want to be in three to six months, that's the number one thing 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out the job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I would love to hear like from the VA's perspective, what do you wish that business owners would do like to save you more time to make their processes more efficient to just like be better business owners in and of itself. Every time like you're bringing on a new client or looking at what other people are doing, you're like, that's a hot mess. I wish you would do that differently. Honestly, have a plan. 
Yeah. I've had several people want to hire me to manage their Instagram, and I'm like, so what's the end goal? Are we trying to get X number of people on your newsletter list? Mm-hmm. Or are we are we posting every day? Are we selling something? What are we doing? Oh, just, you know, post pretty pictures. I just need to be consistent on Instagram. Which, and that's just one example of something they say, but I don't know about y'all. The last time I was on Instagram, all my posts that I saw were from five days ago. So. I know. Instagram. I think I saw Father's Day posts for 14, it would say posted 14 days ago. Mm -mm. It's irritating me so bad. Exactly. And that's just a silly example. But not having a plan and trying to run a business does not allow me to step into your business to help grow it because I have no idea where we're growing. And I've started now. um, I had a session with a coach and I told her that exact same thing. When people come to me and they say, I want to grow this. And I'm like, okay, why? And they don't have a why. Then it's hard for me to be a part of their business. And she said, well, make them go through a coaching call with you before they can even hire you to do their Pinterest. Because what's the point of pinning on Pinterest if they're not blogging Mm -hmm. their own content? Mm -hmm. So having a plan for a business owner, to you have to do that. There's no way you can bring someone onto your team and have them invest and be a supporter of your business if your business has no goals to support. Well, and I think what I hear you saying too is like, even if you don't have the plan refined yet, at least know intentionally why you're doing that. Yes. Why are you or blocking? What, what the goal what, is. Right. Like, what's the purpose? Even if you don't have the exact strategy figured out, like, I know so many people who are just on, like, all the social media platforms or doing all the type of content, but for no purpose. Yeah. Well, it's it's making me realize that I don't think we're doing a good enough job explaining the end goal to the team. Like, I think that's something that we, Emily and I are very aware of what we're working on and we delegate the pieces, but we don't say, Hey, (laughs) Allie, do this because, and like, I think you have an end goal. Yeah. No. yeah, Yeah. No, I know. But I still think, I still think sharing it would empower you more and would empower the team more to be like, I'm a part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and I think so, we, we ask specifically in our type of business, and I don't know if other business owners that you work with do this, but we really try to empower y'all on the team to like, if you see a hole, speak up. If you see a new strategy you want us to implement, speak up. If you see this cool new thing over here, speak up. But no one can speak up if we don't know what we're working towards and if we don't know right. what the general purpose is. Yeah. And I think too, with that being said, I have one client, the one I've been working with for a while, and... I think I've just started doing things in her with her blog, like adding different links or changing a few things up. And I don't even know if she necessarily notices. But again, it's like you said, she's empowering me because she, she's right. like, I trust you. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I know what her goal is. And I can yeah. be your biggest cheerleader. I was a cheerleader yeah. in high school. I can be <laughs> my client's biggest cheerleader if I know I what I'm it. cheering them on for. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, <laughs> casting vision. Well, do you have any? Do you have any other things that you've seen other people do that you're like, I wish everybody did this. 
gosh, use some sort of Asana or Trello, use something. Yeah. Or have have systems. And I understand if you haven't hired anyone else and you're doing it all yourself, like for me, there's a few things I haven't handed over to Nicole that I know I need to tweak my processes so that it is easier. And so if you don't know what you want to hand over, you don't know where there, those those holes are. But we used to call it, um, if I get hit with a bus book, mm-hmm. if I get hit with a bus, what do you do? Yeah. And when I had an office job, because if something were to come up and people weren't there, you had to know how to pay people at the real estate firm. I mean, everybody wants their checks, right? <laughs> so going through a day-by-day and screen recording your whole day, will not only show you where you're spending your time, but where you're wasting your time. And step-by-step processes you don't even know you're doing because they're so ingrained. Mm -hmm. This is making me realize that if I were hit by a bus, Emily would not know how to pay herself. No, I wouldn't. I'd have to ask Parker. I'd be like, Parker. I don't think Parker knows either. Like, literally, there is knowledge in my brain that, like, yeah, I'm you gonna, would be screwed. I'm gonna need you to even, that. That'd be great. <laughs> well, even so, when I took over for the blog and the podcast, when y'all started doing the podcast, you sent me videos. You also yeah. created a checklist that you thought covered everything, and then I would go back and watch the video of how you actually did things. <laughs> and and like, if something was missing, or you know, there's just so much you don't even realize you're doing that you did catch yourself because you I think you made the checklist first so you would have key points to talk to me about in the video but then even you went back and you're like oh I forgot this step but you just did it naturally and then you would add it in and another client just onboarded me for a project very similar and I was like okay just literally as you're going through just write down every single step that you do even if you think I know how to open a blog post in Squarespace write it down do it like If you think it's so simple, it might not be for someone else, or it might be for someone else, but you got hit by a bus, so they now have to do it. Yeah. And it's just something they haven't done. That was one thing I hadn't trained, and my assistant still doesn't know, doesn't do anything in Squarespace for any clients. I do all of that. So last December, when I took a couple of weeks off, that was one area that was difficult because I hadn't, I didn't even have a workflow for how I work with all my clients. She knew who they all were and she could find their email, but that was literally it. And of course I had just hired her a couple weeks before, but as you know, things you don't think about when you are getting ready to hand over a certain task in your business. And trust me, like there's no better time than to do it right now. Like, and I'm, I'm telling myself that because like, I feel like we all think that, okay, there'll be a time in the future where I'll have more time to go back and do those things and you just get less time. Like that's all we ever get is less time. So like however much time you have right now is the most time you will ever have because there are always things. I hate that we always wait to do it until we are handing it Uh off. Like like me doing paychecks, like literally. Why? Like you wouldn't, like I have no reason to train anyone on it because no one else needs to know how to do it, but but it's important. For now. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if it, I mean, there are definitely things I've learned that I would do a little bit differently. So this is just a silly thing. For y'all, I have a separate login to Squarespace. For several of my clients, I have like either their login or my login. Well, then someone just added me as a contributor 
And I log into Squarespace now to work on my own website, and her website pops up right next to mine. So I'm like, okay, moving forward, if I have an assistant, I should add her as a contributor to everybody's website so you can log in one time. And then there it all is. So it's like little things like that that streamline your own processes as you're building processes for other people. Yeah. I think when people first think to make processes, because we we, obviously we tell our students to go through this, um, make your processes, make your workflows. They think that like you just make it once and like it's done and like it's going to be perfected. But I'm like, I'm serious. Just brain dump right now. Brain dump whatever you have right now. And then when you actually go do the thing, add more stuff to it. And then when you do the thing again, add more stuff to it. Because it's like you said, even when you were tweaking our own checklist after we had made it, it just Mm -hmm. grows and evolves and changes. Yeah. When I first started a job, when I moved to Atlanta, um, my boss was like, there's a ton of things I want to teach you. But we're in busy season in real estate. And I cannot teach you. It's so much faster for me to do it myself than for me to spend an hour to two hours teaching you how to do it. So for six months, I got extremely bored and she felt awful. And then finally, she it was super slow in December. And she's like, let me teach you how to do every single thing step by step. And she wrote out what she thought were her instructions and then watched me follow them. Mm-hmm. And what we realized where there are hangups. And she's like, okay, that's right. Let me, let's add this on the instructions. Let's add this. Then she got X number of hours back the next week in her life because I could now do it. And yes, starting out, even for the podcast, the first time I was watching the video, following Abigail's instructions for formatting every single thing, I think it took me an hour. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe 40, 30 minutes to do the whole blog post from to the formatting side, not the editing and reviewing and all that, but the formatting, it takes me less than 30 minutes now to do. But that just comes, yeah, the first few times you don't want to mess up. As a as a VA, you never want to mess up client's work. That's the other thing I would highly suggest. Be open and honest when you mess up. Like, claim it yeah. first. Yeah. But, like, with that boss and now with the podcast and things, things move so quicker. And she mm-hmm. was able to do more stuff that she had been putting off that she thought, oh, I'll get to that. Oh, I'll get to that. And now she had time to do it. And then eventually it. got to the point where I was just as fast, if not faster than her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, And you know, the thing is, I think so many people do this and I'm guilty. I literally had this conversation with someone yesterday and I won't name names, so I won't get her in trouble. But (laughs) I was talking to her and she said, I offloaded a project. um, The VA worked on it. And then I was upset because it wasn't the way I wanted it. And I said, well, did you critique her and give her feedback and tell her what you wanted to do differently? She said, no, I just decided I was going to do it. I said, you do not have time to do it. That's why you offloaded it in the first place. I said, I've been there. I have been to the place where I hated the process so much that I didn't want, I didn't want to communicate what I thought was wrong. Um, And so I've always hired like the person who I thought would be the closest to, I wouldn't have to make changes from, but there's been so many times. I remember when Allie first started doing the blog, like, it wasn't that you were bad at doing your job. You just needed to be told the things that would bug me, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. if you've missed them. And like taking the time and instead of having them do 40 of one thing <laughs> the and way. then realizing they messed them all yeah. up, like have them do three yeah. and then go back and review and have a conversation with yeah. them. And like 
that process is so important. Yes. And I think that's what we did when I started with y'all and what I've done with some other yeah. clients. I used to have a two hour minimum for getting, when I was just doing hourly work, I was like, okay, let's do a two hour time trial. One, to see if I was passionate about, I mean, not yeah. like 100% passionate about copying and pasting and formatting in Squarespace, <laughs> but the concept that's of what, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Squarespace so much. No, but just can I rally around their business and what they're doing? And then also to see if we can communicate because things take a while. And that's one thing I don't feel like they teach you very well in college is how to take critique. No, every time, every time my old boss would say, Hey, Allie, can we have a meeting after work? I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's going to fire me. Sweating. Or when clients email me and say, Hey, Allie, I'd rather, can we set up a date? to chat about how things are going. I'm like, great, they're going to fire me. And that's not always the case, but it's being that teachable and learnable and going to them first and saying, hey, I've done these three blog posts. They're not, what are your thoughts? Yes, what are your yeah. thoughts? They're not going live until next week, so we have time to tweak them. It's not going to hurt my feelings if you don't like what I did. This is why I think everyone should be an art student because going through art student critiques in college, oh, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I could handle Talk that. Talk about, oh, oh my gosh. I used to cry oh, every day. God, it was the worst. Or, and then they'd tell you, they would tell you, okay, this this sucks already, but I'm going to make you go home uh-huh. and t- do a hundred new uh-huh. versions. You're like, I can't think of two, uh-huh. let alone a hundred. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, no. And they would just make you reiterate and reiterate, reiterate. Yeah. So if, if fine art school did anything for my uh, life. Right. It made me survive. That's the, oh, that's the only <laughs> thing I took from fine art school. <laughs> How to handle I was, a history, I was a history major slash thought I want to be a teacher and that. And I didn't. I think I got critiqued one time on my senior thesis and thought I was going to fail and probably made the second highest grade in the class. And I was right. like, okay, great. Big All deal. Right, moving okay. forward. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, my brother is oh. really good at critiquing. I will, you know, siblings, other, you can, other people, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, if you really want to be taken down and not to ask your siblings what you need to be improved on, but yeah, I'm good other at critiquing than that, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I don't know, you know, it's always that fear because I want to be, do such a good job for people that if they, you know, if they come to me three times and grade it three different things, I think they're right. going to fire me. Right. And now if it's the same thing for three times, they probably should fire me. But, <laughs> as it, you know, it's just having that open and honest relationship and being honest with them. I think that building that relationship, again, if I can support my client's business and their dreams right. and their goals, then I'm going to want to come to them and say like, hey, I'm so sorry I messed up. Like, I want to do better. I still like love you and want to keep working mm-hmm. with you. Teach me, like show me yeah. how I can do it Yeah, better. Well, and I think at some point you end up empowering people to just do their job. Like I used to every single morning open the blog and be like, how did Allie do today? (laughs) And like, I, I mean, I still read the blog occasionally, but I just trust that the job is done and like that my team did what they were supposed to and everything is running and rolling. And if they have problems, like they'll ask me and, you know, there's, I get so much extra time back by not having to double check and triple check. Well, and, and I think all these it's also things. important as the business owner to establish like what are like detrimental things that these absolutely have to happen or it's going to literally affect the business 
Or yeah. if this thing happens, like, okay, let's correct it, but it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like right. there are very few things in our business and it really only happens around launching and it really only happens when people are trying to buy something and that's out <laughs> of our control. Like if everything else is a little bit broken, like it's okay. Like it's not the end yeah. of the world. And so I think communicating with your team, like you're, I'm not going to be out for your head if this thing is like exactly or whatever for a second. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think if you make yourself valuable enough as a virtual assistant or employee or, yeah. you know, whatever your job is, whether you have an office job or a part-time job or whatever, making yourself valuable, like when you do mess up allows there to be a little more grace. Oh yeah. Because you're doing so well in so many other areas. Oh that yeah. For them to fire you is gonna now deal. add thirty more hours yes. to their day. Yes. Yes, I love it. Uh well let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. And I would love for you to pull out some takeaways for people who maybe listen to this and were like, okay, maybe that's how I can structure a VA business or that's how I can kind of get started. If someone's interested in doing this themselves. What are um, three steps that they can uh, do this month to maybe try to get something off the ground? Okay, so the first thing, if you're wanting to be a virtual assistant, that I would say do is start scouring Facebook groups mm -hmm. to see what people need help with and then figuring out which of those things do you want to specialize in. So maybe it's creating graphics on a retainer basis or formatting blogs or answering emails or setting up workflows in Dubsado or HoneyBook or any of those other places. Um, see what people are looking or needing help with and don't try to do everything mm -hmm. and then move forward. You know, for each client now, this is a little bit of a tangent, but for each client now, I do things way different than when I started off, but I don't advertise everything that I do for y'all or everything I do right. for the other clients. I only advertise a few big things and then the more we work together, the more stuff I add on. Mm -hmm. So then the second thing I would say is figure out two or three things from there that you want to specialize in and start reaching out to people. Not necessarily cult, like, hey, you should hire me, but saying, hey, I saw that you needed graphics. Can we do a trial run? This is a trial price. And you let me know what you think after I create these graphics for you. And then maybe we move forward on a retainer basis. And then just start talking to the people that do hire you um, about other things that you can do. I think y'all have asked me, like, are there other things I'd want to do? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess there are. And then for other clients, I'm like, hey, I see this need. Let me fill that role. Or for y'all, it's like, hey, this is something, a piece that I feel like should be here. Can I step into that? So being um, open and seeking opportunity and looking for ways to grow their businesses, even if you know, say they pay you for three hours of work and you realize like, yeah, but I think I need to do this one more thing. It would make it even better. And it takes me four hours, like not necessarily going back and charging in that fourth hour, but it's taking initiative yeah. within those clients that do hire you the first time to see what other needs they have. Yeah. And then the last thing I would say is take your business seriously mm -hmm. from the start. You know, if you, if that means going and setting up an LLC or a separate business account, like banking account, mm -hmm or a separate Instagram. I'm not saying it has to be super filtered and super stock photos or whatever, but take your business seriously from the beginning and people will take you seriously from the beginning. Yep. hundred percent. Thanks for coming on, Allie. 
Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. For so me. tell us where people can hang out with you online and find out more about you and your biz. So my favorite is Instagram. I'm on there a lot. It's at the social walker agency. And then the same as my website, the social walker agency.com actually everywhere except for um, Twitter. That's just the social walker because agency is too long. Oh uh, Yeah. We run into that but. more than once. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. The longest business name in the world. <laughs> yes, y'all did. All right. Thank but you yeah. so much, babe. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.